Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Send It With Steph. I'm Steph Fleckenstein, your host, and this is my second last episode that I'm going to be recording in Europe. So I thought I would do it on my own because it's been a bit challenging getting guests on the show, especially with the time differences and since we've been so heavily into the race season. But I do have some really good topics for today and yeah, I'm excited to bring you guys along with this conversation. So let's get started. Um, Okay, so for starters, I think that I'm going to start talking about kind of growing up with ski racing as my like main sport and the lessons it taught me because it is such a unique sport and I'm sure that I mean, if you're a ski racer, you can kind of tell the people around you in life that also were ski racers just because we all kind of go through a similar series of events and we all learn very similar life skills throughout our childhood as well as like into our early adulthood. But I think that you learn how to take care of yourself at a very young age and you also just kind of learn these like life skills where you're traveling a lot, you're um, you're in charge of yourself, you have to learn how to get along with other people because it is a team sport, but it's also an individual sport. Um, you have to advocate for yourself a lot. I think you have to be really good time management because of school and, I mean, other, um, other hobbies or, <laughs> I don't know, things you might do outside of skiing. And yeah, those are just some of the like main ones I can think of right now but reflecting back on my childhood as like kind of going into ski racing like I think my parents took it more seriously than I did from a young age just because I didn't really understand like I was pretty good at every sport I did and I didn't really understand like what went into actually making a future out of a sport so luckily my parents kind of knew what they were getting me into and they made sure that I stayed focused, even from a young age. Um, I wasn't really allowed to have sleepovers on the weekends. I would leave school on Wednesday or Thursday and go to Whistler and start training on the weekends. So there was not a lot of time for like just hanging out with friends. Um, I think that that was something that they taught me from a very young age was like prioritizing kind of my goals um and what I wanted to get out of stuff because I think they knew that later on down the road I'd have lots of time to socialize and when I was at school I was socializing but they wanted me to also really focus when I was at skiing and I mean sleepovers if any of you have had a sleepover (laughs) when you were (laughs) either like preteen or teenager you know that there was no sleeping involved So they just knew that that wasn't going to be productive for me. And I think they also like their mentality towards kind of recovering and focusing on like having a good day the next day really made an impact on me in high school, which I didn't even think about until after I graduated. But in my like earlier years of high school, so grade eight and nine, my dad had a rule where we could go out with our friends and we could do whatever we wanted, but we had to be home. 11 and that was kind of our curfew and a lot of times like if you've been to a high school party you know that a lot of times 
people don't really go out until 10 or 10 15 so I would kind of show up to these parties for like half an hour and then go home so I was taught to do this in grade eight and nine but as I got older and the rules kind of loosened I still started doing these things on my own and I started taking my training and my recovery and like my goals more seriously as I got into grade 11 and 12 and I think that their kind of influence on me as a kid really shone through in those later years because I started making those decisions for myself and even though I kind of had free reign to do whatever I wanted in my spare time and um, whatever, go out as late as I wanted, I still (laughs) prioritized going home so that I could have a good day the next day. And yeah, that just like, thinking about that is just so wild. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Along those same lines, I think that my parents also, like, I got sent away to my first kind of, like, overseas summer camp in Chile when I was... 14 I think like turning 15 I have a late birthday so I would have been turning 15 and they sent me to Chile with my ski club and uh my parents obviously like we had rules at home but they were also very like they were very open parents they didn't really force me to do anything they wanted me to do my best at everything I did and they never really forced me into anything but I really wanted to go to the ski camp in Chile so they sent me away thinking about it like sending a 14 year old blonde little kid to Chile who has like no real I don't want to say like life skills but like um, street smarts let's say street smarts because I grew up in West Vancouver and Whistler which is like the most sheltered areas probably in Canada honestly like I grew up in this little bubble of ski racers and other athletes so I had very little street smarts and my parents decided that like screw it let's just send her to Chile with her team and see how it goes and I got there and I had the most amazing time I I don't know how focused I was on skiing specifically but then again I, I was pretty young so it was quite a structured camp but I had so much fun and I learned so much about living on my own and also having to live with other people who were not my family because up until that point obviously I had been living at home so my mom was helping with a lot of stuff I mean I made my own food and I did (laughs) did my laundry and that kind of thing but she always was there and always was able to help if I forgot my whatever my books for school or something she could come bring them to me but when you're on your own for the first real time like far away from home I think it was a big eye-opener for me because 
I not only had to learn how to live with five other girls who were all older than me. And I think that's a weird dynamic when you're like 14 and 15 because age seems like this huge thing. But I also was having to like cook for myself with weird, weird food that I hadn't really um, experienced before. I had to grocery shop for myself. I mean, I was doing everything on my own. And that was just a really cool experience for me because it showed me like (laughs) what kind of the rest of my ski racing career was potentially going to look like if I wanted to pursue it. So looking back on that, honestly, my parents had a lot of faith in me. Like I'm a little bit shocked, but also I think it's really cool that there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of other sports that send kids away at 14 or 13 to totally foreign places just with a couple of coaches and um, hope for the best. So that is one very unique thing about skiing that I think teaches a lot of life, life lessons at an early age. Ooh, also, I just thought of this crazy story of I was at least 16 at this point and my parents sent me to my first camp in Europe. And But this was like not a normal camp. This was kind of a like organized camp from one of our friends. They had like found a coach and they were going to send us to Europe with Uh, there's three girls or four girls we were all around the same age all from all over Canada and so I had never met the coach before my parents had no idea who the coach was I knew one of the girls going and so they basically put me on a plane out of Vancouver and I met the rest of the girls in Toronto we all met up and immediately our flight to Europe got canceled and (laughs) Looking back on it, like this was the first time that I had flown to Europe alone. And then also the coach, like I did not know him and he didn't really have a lot of authority over us. Like he just kind of vanished, I guess. So it was the first time where I was having to like wait in an airport for 12 hours. I had to rebook my flight. I was, excuse me, kind of in this weird like learning phase where we were all learning together because none of these other girls had experienced it either but anyways we got to Europe we met up with the coach at the airport and it was right before the Solden World Cup so we were going to train in Solden and he basically drove us to our apartments parked the car and was like okay like go watch the World Cup I'll meet you guys up there like have fun like no instructions just kind of ditched us in the town of Solden and it's like a 45 minute bus ride up to the hill so these three us four girls were just like wandering around trying to figure out what we were doing and we got on a bus got up to the hill somehow managed to get into the race I'm honestly a little fuzzy on that aspect and it ended up being really fun but just kind of like we had to learn how to adapt really quickly and just reflecting back on that story makes me (laughs) laugh because I think nowadays if that had happened to me like I've been in Europe so many times and I still would probably be a little frazzled if someone just like dropped me off somewhere and said find your way to the hill but somehow 16 year old us made it up to that race we watched we had a great time and then we had a really fun camp like we were doing school we um skied I don't know it was just an interesting experience and it was definitely an eye-opening first trip to Europe because I wasn't with people who had been to Europe before or like I wasn't with a big group there was just a couple of us and we really kind of were on our own.
Okay, so you're probably really tired of me talking about how oh, I was just left alone in the, all these foreign places. Oh, poor stuff. But that's not really what I was trying to get at at the beginning of this podcast. It was more just like how quickly we all kind of grow up as ski racers because we're put in these situations where you have to. But, um, I mean, another thing that we always, we always, we have to learn how to deal with is like um, failure and successes, which I kind of want to go into a little more deeply because I think this is a question I get asked a lot um, by younger girl, by younger racers. And um, I also talk about a lot with my like current teammates because it's just something that's very relevant. But basically like what happens, like <laughs> not what happens, but how kind of success in an early age can affect a ski racers career and like managing expectations from people as we get older because I think very frequently especially in ski racing we see these really young kids come into fists or whatever even from a younger age and they absolutely rip like they're beating all their teammates by seconds they win every race they go in and then they make the next step they whatever qualify for whatever next team they're trying to make and as they get older things kind of start to like level out and then sometimes go downhill or they figure out how to make it go back uphill or sometimes they just level out and they don't go any either up or down but I think that the kind of general theme you see is when kids have success at a really young age and kind of continue with that success all the way up until like second or third year fist is then it either levels off has a little dip where they kind of are like realizing that they have pressure on them or they're like doing races that are harder than they've um, done in the past and then they sort of figure it out and then it tends to go back up again and I am definitely one of those kids um not necessarily in fist, but when I was younger, I, like in U14, I tended to win a lot of races, but I also didn't really care about results. It was weird. I was very competitive, but not in a like winning sense. Um, <laughs> it's so weird to say, but I definitely was one of the better kids in BC and Canada. And then going into U16, I struggled a bit, but then ended up doing really well. And as I got into fist, oh my god, I was so bad. I was like the typical kind of really good skier in U16 that gets into fist and has no idea what they're doing because I really struggled with, I wasn't fit enough. I didn't really understand like how different fist was going to be and I kind of let it overwhelm me a bit, especially with like competing against girls who were way older than me. I had not experience that yet like obviously in U14 and U16 you're competing against kids your age either one year older or one year younger so you're never really against kids that are like five or even ten years older than you and I was kind of starstruck by all these girls like I couldn't believe that I was in the same field as them but whatever I got a grip on that I survived my first year fist (laughs) won a couple races um made my next like provincial team and from there it was kind of like a slow progression upwards I think I 
expected a lot from myself my second year fist and I think like just looking at the people my age around me and how they were doing I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform and I kind of saw it like okay I've made this big step onto this next team and now I have to make like the next big step right away and that's not really how ski racing works like sometimes it goes that way but for the majority of people it's kind of in baby steps and I didn't fully understand that yet so I was trying to make these huge jumps um, without putting the work in or (laughs) having the experience to make it actually happen eventually I figured out that the only person that the results really matter for is you and the more work you put in and the more you believe in yourself the better it's gonna go but okay this is so off topic so (laughs) anyways talking about having success early in your career and then kind of managing those expectations so I think that for starters if you are a younger athlete who is having a lot of success try to use it as confidence but also know that you have a lot more to work for and you have a longer way to go because all too often when people have success at a young age they kind of rest on it like and they just kind of hope it'll take them the rest of the way. So I think that just try to kind of keep yourself motivated to keep moving forward because that's the only way that you're going to keep progressing. Another thing is I think when athletes get into kind of their first or second year of like fist or real competitive international um, races, they sort of have this like, nothing to lose mentality and they find this kind of deeper competitive streak in them because they know they have nothing to lose so they may as well go as hard as they can in every race and if they dnf or if they don't finish whatever um and then as the pressure gradually grows on them as they get older and um they need to start performing to qualify for teams and stuff then that's when that mentality doesn't really work anymore so I think one piece of advice I would have is if you are one of those athletes that has that kind of like nothing to lose mentality as a younger person and you're really just going into every race or competition like full gas not even thinking about making it to the finish just thinking about like giving everything you have try to mix in a bit of like okay like I have to finish this race or like I I don't know if you're winning a first run like try to imagine it's not just whatever level race it is try to imagine it's like a world cup or try to imagine that it's a higher level than you're in because that's really going to help you practice for later um that way you won't kind of get like overwhelmed when you do make it to the next step or a little bit caught off guard I think that is the biggest biggest thing with younger athletes who do really well is they all of a sudden have this like pressure and expectation on them and once that happens the nothing to lose mentality doesn't really work anymore. Okay, along those lines also if you were an athlete who had that early success and now you're kind of in your like plateau stage or whatever, you're having a bit of a dip I think that it's really important not to judge yourself based on your past performances 
and kind of like see yourself as going downhill or, or having a tougher time because I mean, <laughs> you're obviously in a different place in your life and your career, so you can't really compare the two situations. And I think you basically just kind of have to like reevaluate your plan going into races and reevaluate how. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen endocryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. How you approach each day of training, each day of racing, so that you're not looking at it as like, oh God, I have to perform at this race or like putting a bunch of extra pressure on yourself. You kind of just have to take each day as it comes. And yeah, <laughs> that's all I, that's all the advice I really have on that front. Because like I said, I wasn't really one of those like young stars that had that really early success in um, this or anything. I gradually kind of worked my way up. So don't have a ton of personal experience, but I have witnessed a lot of people go through it, and that would kind of be the overarching theme that I've taken from their experiences. The kind of last part of this podcast that I'm going to talk about is being a good teammate and learning how to support your teammates because this is a really important part of ski racing that I think we kind of grow up learning where you make your best friends at ski racing and you kind of have this sense of camaraderie and obviously it's competitive, but I mean, from my personal experience, like all my best friends were my ski racing friends and we did everything together. So there was never like a malicious kind of competition. It was always very fun and <laughs> I'd say like light, um, which made us really good teammates to each other because if someone did well, it was kind of like a win for everyone and we all we're really excited about it but I think the older you get and the more the sport becomes kind of your career it is a lot harder to be a supportive a super supportive teammate um, especially considering it is an individual sport but something that I've kind of like remind myself of a lot is that if you don't kind of celebrate in other people's successes or your teammates successes then how can you expect anyone else to celebrate yours? And one of the best parts about having a good performance or <laughs> like having success in something is sharing it with other people and having people kind of appreciate the work that you've put into it. So I think that it goes two ways. And in order to have people be a good teammate to you, you also have to be a good teammate to them. It's kind of, yeah, a mutual situation, which... Obviously, it's hard to accomplish sometimes. You're not going to be best friends with everyone. You're not going to be like, um, 
whatever, everyone's favorite teammate. But at the end of the day, when you are teammates, you kind of have to just learn how to coexist if you're not good friends and try to put your like personal relationship aside and kind of see it as like just appreciating the work that's gone into each of your um, careers and successes. And I mean, it goes far beyond the ski slopes. There's lots more that goes into racing. And I think that we don't often celebrate each other's like workout successes <laughs> or um, I don't know, work like outside of skiing. Some people work as I sort of do. Um, and yeah, just being being very supportive of each other in each aspect of your kind of like lives is makes it a lot more enjoyable and just kind of makes it seem more united versus just if one person has a good day and they're the only one excited it's really not that enjoyable because it's just yeah (laughs) what's the point of having teammates if you can't share things with them (laughs) I think if I had to say one thing about my team this year is that everyone is very supportive of each other, which is nice. Like, obviously, everyone has their kind of... Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athlete Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Closer teammate friends, but at the end of the day... We all know, like we train together every single day. And if one of us is doing well on a given day, any given day, then you know that you have that speed because we train together, we compete, like we time together. And I think that that's kind of a, um, what's the word? Motivating, kind of a motivating uh, factor of teammates. And yeah, especially when other, your teammates are doing well in races and Maybe you just didn't have as good a day that day, but you know that your time might be coming soon and you know that you can compete with those people. So that's also kind of the nice thing about supporting your teammates because it's kind of, it helps motivate all of you to keep pushing each other and keep getting better. That's all I have for you guys today. I know that you're all dying to have more fun guests on because you're like Steph your voice is getting so old so boring (laughs) I promise that there are cool guests coming soon uh there's just some stuff this week that didn't really work out and obviously like we're in the middle of race season I can't blame people for having things going on that's just not (laughs) it's not fair and it's not realistic so 
Sometimes you just have to listen to me talk, but I promise more people are coming. And I just want to thank you for listening and thank you for supporting me. Obviously, give me five stars if you like listening to my voice. (laughs) I can do accents if you guys are interested in that. But I appreciate you so much. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. And this episode was presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.